Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Zone. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. On a President's Day Monday, that means the markets are closed. You might also want to double check on banking that you wanted to try to get done. How are you doing, everybody? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yonke along with you. The weather is not so fabulous. We might have had a couple decent days over the weekend, but today is going to be very, very interesting. A mix of precipitation across the state of Wisconsin. 32 is our expected high for today, but like I said, a 68% chance or better of precipitation. The catch is in what form and are the roadways going to be impacted? We'll talk about it with Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist. He's coming up. We're also focusing on the weather because it's maple syrup season across the state of Wisconsin. We've already seen temperatures that have touched out into the 40s for some parts of the state, and that can raise chaos for our maple syrup production, Stephanie Hoff's got an update on that. And we're focused in on FFA Week, how our chapter's celebrating and what programs are going on that you might get involved with. Aaron Zimmerman's got a suggestion, so please stick around. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin winters are a polarizing experience. You either love them or you want to leave them. Be sure to enter the Rural Mutual Insurance Love It or Leave It sweepstakes, where each week you can win prizes by voting for the things you love and dread about winter. Visit us at RuralMutual.com to vote. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Can't just keep an eye on what's happening in Wisconsin. you got to keep an eye on what's happening in the United States, around the world when it comes to production agriculture. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'll tell you what, uh, there's always policy activities that are happening, whether you want them to or not. Uh, but when it comes to the national scene, we're happy to say that uh, we've got some folks that are paying attention to policy development and always thinking about advocating for Wisconsin agriculture. Things are percolating on the national scene, aren't they, Bob? What do you got? They really are. We did have a chance recently to visit with our Democratic U.S. Senator, Tammy Baldwin, and uh, she's chair uh, of the senate ag committee on appropriations so she's very much involved while she's not on the actual agriculture committee she's very much involved with the dollars that are related to agriculture being the chair of that appropriations committee but we had a chance to talk to her about an issue that has been well simmering since the trump administration when all of a sudden these refinery small refinery waivers came into being and how that has kind of changed the landscape of the renewable fuels industry we had a chance to talk to her about that. We also talked a little bit about trade and a little bit about uh, what she's hearing as far as the next farm bill is concerned. But we asked the senator, first of all, about the coalition of senators from both sides of the aisle that got together recently to send a letter to the administrator of the EPA, Michael Regan, about the renewable fuel standard, about these small refinery waivers how they came together and what kind of success they hope they will have before the administrator. 
Well, I really think it came together um, under the last administration where we were very concerned about all these small refineries that were given uh, waivers and exemptions from having to meet uh, the renewable fuel uh, standards. And uh, this really uh, impacted uh, producers uh, uh, in um, the Midwest. And uh, it led to volatility and and lack of predictability in the market. Um, So we kind of came together around that and have been vigilant um, moving forward. And uh, just just this week, I joined a bipartisan group of senators led by uh, Senators Klobuchar and Grassley in a letter to the EPA to prioritize the renewable fuel standard by maintaining the blending requirements for 2022 and uh, also, importantly, denying all pending small refinery exemptions um, uh, so that we, uh, again, can set uh, a predictable uh, volume um, uh, moving forward. Did you ask for pie in the sky or just get back to what the renewable fuel standards call for and these refinery waivers which uh, became popular in the Trump administration to the detriment of the uh, biofuels industry completely eliminate those? Yeah, I think they should be completely eliminated. That's my own opinion. Um, and I think that uh, we should be setting our um, RFS volumes at statutory levels. It's already the law, and I think we should be um, maintaining that. Um, so uh, these are all important uh, points that we're pressing on the EPA uh, because stable ethanol markets um, signals um, uh, matter uh, for the entire value chain, and that's farmers, producers, and retailers who base their business decisions on the final requirements and consumers who benefit from that certainty. And uh, this is not anything over and above. You're just asking them to follow the laws that are already on the books as far as uh, statutory limits, right? That's right. And so as we go forward with the oil industry, obviously you've got colleagues in the Senate that are representing oil states. What kind of feedback are you getting, or is the administrator, Mr. Regan, getting the same kind of push from oil industries that we need more small refinery waivers and we do need to change the renewable fuel standards to be more friendly to oil. So I, I'll just tell you my feelings on this, and that is that, um, especially in the transportation sector, um, that we are increasingly going to hybrid and electric vehicles as a way to lower our carbon footprint, and that the bridge fuel ought to be uh, more focused on biofuels uh, than on fossil fuels. So. Uh, you know, I, I think that EPA gets that, and I hope that they will send a consistent and um, stable uh, signal for uh, for the ethanol market. And these things always take time. Any indication of how long it might be before the EPA does make a ruling on on these requests? Because it, it had been something that uh, had been in the news before. Obviously, these small refinery exemptions have really been a thorn in the side of the industry, as well as the uh, renewable fuel standards maintain the blending requirements. Yep. 
So, and I agree, and one of the frustrations about the uh, small refinery exemptions was how lacking they were in transparency. What can you tell us, if anything, about maybe the possibility of uh, some preliminary work on a farm bill that will be due in 2023? Has the discussion been broached yet? Oh, yes. Um, we are still in the beginning phases of planning for the bill, um, but uh, as I have in the past, I'm going to continue to uh, strengthen the rural economic resiliency uh, as a part of that bill, including through supporting supply chain resiliency and um, supporting small and medium-scale meat processing plants, um, which keep more economic value within our local uh, communities. Uh, so uh, I, I always uh, keep uh, a strong eye on development of the Farm Bill. Um, I am not on the uh, Senate Ag Committee, but I do chair the Senate Ag Appropriations Committee. Uh, Subcommittee. So it, their work uh, has a lot of impl implications on uh, what it is I do uh, on the appropriation side, and working with them is um, always uh, an important um, uh, important uh, foundation. And one final question will let you go. As far as trade, the China phase one trade deal expired at the end of this past year. They didn't live up to their obligations. But have you had a chance or has Secretary or Trade Ambassador Catherine Tai been in touch with members of the Senate about what her focus is as far as trade deals going forward? And is uh, China a high priority, do you know? Yeah, so I think um, the big question, as you note, is holding China accountable for um, the purchase commitments it made in uh, phase one of the of the deal. Um, they have not met uh, the United States agriculture purchase commitments that they made in the deal uh, brokered by the previous administration. And so I think the first responsibility um, uh, is to hold China to their commitments. Um, certainly the new administration, the Biden administration, is pushing China directly to meet its commitments and is working on a number of um, trade agreements with allies in Europe and Asia to form a coalition that we can um, use to jointly hold China accountable um, without igniting a new trade war that would uh, invite retaliation. We don't want to do uh, what the previous administration did that impacted uh, Wisconsin farmers. So, um, you know, no, igni no igniting trade wars, but uh, uh, accountability uh, uh, to meet, uh, meet uh, commitments. Lots of issues to work on, and the, the U.S. Senate is doing that, including our Democratic uh, Senator, Tammy Baldwin. And uh, Senator Baldwin, we appreciate your time. Thank you for yours. All right, Senator Tammy Baldwin. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Cardinal Glass in Mazomani continues to invest in automation at their facility to the world-class level they feel their employees deserve. Cardinal Glass in Mazomani is now hiring production associates and maintenance. A safe, comfortable, and clean work environment where you can feel proud and you won't go home dirty. Competitive pay, advancement opportunities, medical, dental, vision, profit sharing, and more. When you work at Cardinal Glass, your career is world-class so you can live first class. Apply today at cardinalglassmazo.com. 
This is the time of year when all the talk about who has the top corn hybrids in Wisconsin goes out the window. This is the time when the performance data and numbers have the final say. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the numbers are in, and they're saying a whole lot about the yield potential of Dairyland Seed. Once again, Dairyland Seed turned out an impressive performance in Wisconsin first trials, highlighted by four first-place finishes. To learn more about how Dairyland Seed brings the yield, or to find the corn hybrid best suited to your farm, visit DairylandSeed.com or contact your local dealer. Attorney John Rihala. Car crashes happen in an instant. A distracted driver crosses the center line into your lane, or road construction makes everyone stop, except for the truck in your rearview mirror. Life changes in that moment, and now the world feels very different. We can help you. At Clifford and Rihala, our experienced attorneys know that someone badly injured in a crash can feel confused and even overwhelmed by everything that follows. Doctor's appointments, bills, missed work, and maybe an insurance company calling and pressuring you to settle right now before you even know what your injuries are. Call us. Clifford and Rihala is ready to help you, and we won't stop fighting until we reach your maximum recovery. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report. From field to fork and everything in between is why the kids from Wisconsin stay. It's a great way to start your day. Yeah, it's pretty great out there right now. Anyhow, morning, everybody. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee on a presence, President's Day Monday. I'll tell you what, I don't know what you did with the weather yesterday, but I sucked it all in because I knew things were about to change. It's time for your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, along with us. How'd you spend yesterday? Oh, did a few things outside, did a few things inside, you know. Yeah. I uh, realized the dog realized it was really nice last night at bedtime. Yeah, well, my two laid out on the deck looking around like they owned uh, everything within their eyesight. It was it was really a nice break. Uh, Buck was outside trying to clean up some of the ice and stuff that was remaining, primarily getting ready for today. It sounds like, depending on where you are, your Monday afternoon could get interesting, huh? Yeah, I'd say right now, Eau Claire looking to be the spot where the wintry weather really could develop. And already today, a little light snow around today, starting off at Eau Claire and then spreading further east and southeast through tonight and on into the day tomorrow. Let's talk about the low pressure system still out in the Rockies. The frontal boundary that extends from southeast Canada down into, oh, about the southern tip of Lake Michigan, northern Indiana, northern Illinois, back to southern Iowa. What will happen is low pressure is going to swing out of the west right along that boundary, passing just south of Wisconsin, heading up into Canada by late tomorrow. The radar now showing snow scattering from North Dakota, northern South Dakota, through central Minnesota into far northwest Wisconsin. That's why it'll spread on into Eau Claire first, I believe, today. And we can talk about everybody being under a winter weather advisory starting up today. A uh, winter storm warning just north of Eau Claire. Everywhere just north of Eau Claire into far northwest Wisconsin and over into Canada under that winter storm warning. All of us, though, under the winter weather advisory starting from noon today till 6 tonight. All the way around uh, areas like Eau Claire and Mauston, 
3 this evening till 6 tomorrow night all the way around Eau Claire and then further off to the east from 5 p.m. tonight till 6 p.m. tomorrow night. So a winter weather advisory. That means we expect there's going to be stronger winds, mixing precipitation, lack of visibility, not great driving conditions, a little iciness building up almost anywhere, snow more likely as we look back toward Eau Claire. And that's when we could talk about snow amounts, maybe in the three to six inch range, La Crosse and Mauston, maybe in a one to three inch range and everybody else further east and south, Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, Beaverdam, Madison, maybe an inch or less of snow, but a little more of a glaze of ice, very light in that area. So a mix of precipitation going to be a big factor. Some fairly strong winds here today. East winds and southeast winds gusting up to 25 miles per hour. And then they start to turn back into the west and northwest end of the day, Tuesday and Wednesday, and bring in the colder air. Temperatures falling as we head toward Tuesday and Wednesday, back toward upper teens, most likely for daytime highs Wednesday. Kind of cold again compared to yesterday. Slowly moderating next week, later in the week, that is. And uh, late Thursday, Thursday night, another chance of just a little light snow could edge back in. Temperatures finally try to move back into the mid or upper 20s by the weekend. That's still cooler than normal now for this time of the year. So a colder February week is underway, and it does start with all kinds of activity. And we'll talk about that right after this. Being a member owner pays at Compure Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compure's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $202 million back in patronage. Talk with your local Compure team to learn more or visit compure.com backslash patronage. Compure Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors, including the risk in portfolio earnings and current capital position. 2022, all rights reserved. We all know that agriculture is constantly changing. Be a part of the conversation. I'm moderating a program Wednesday, February 23rd at the Fox Valley Technical College in Appleton, just off Highway 41. Seeking a sustainable future, climate change and farming. We'll have the top speakers from across the state focused in on what agriculture can do to mitigate climate change. See the program and get registered today at wisbusiness.com. Just $20 for the program and lunch wisbusiness.com all righty Stu. let's have some more of the details uh i know that husband's heading to wisconsin dells this afternoon uh midwest forge associations got their annual meeting on tuesday and wednesday uh, as usual it sounds like you better monitor those road conditions yep pay attention be alert here our compere financial ag weather update with the winter weather advisories almost everywhere starting at 3 p.m today uh, at Eau Claire, starting at noon today at La Crosse and Mauston, 5 p.m. elsewhere to the east and west. The winter advisor, weather advisory running until 6 p.m. Tuesday. And as that low-pressure system builds in, we do expect more cloudy skies and that chance of a little snow at Eau Claire could be mixed with a little patchy freezing drizzle late today in La Crosse or Mauston. Very patchy freezing light rain or rain further east and south developing late today. Temperatures today, upper 20s and low 30s. East and southeast winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25. Cloudy skies overnight, snow in the west and the northwest. A little rain, freezing rain further east and south. Temps dropping down toward the teens or maybe near 20 at best. Northeast winds 5 to 15. Cloudy skies Tuesday and a mixture of almost everything. Could be 3 to 6 inches of snow at Eau Claire 
one or two, maybe three inches of snow across in Boston, and more likely a mix of precipitation in the east and south, uh, way under an inch of snow, just a little glaze of ice. Low 20s for highs on Tuesday. Winds become northwest, gusting near 20. And by Wednesday, partly sunny skies, upper teens, Pam, northwest winds at 5 to 10. And Thursday, maybe a little snow around by late in the day already. Well, you're getting your weather vocabulary workout in the next 24 hours, aren't you? <laughs> we get a mix of just about <laughs> everything. Just be careful. All right. Good deal. Thanks, Stu. That's your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your financial partner, committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You've collected a lifetime of jewelry. Some of it you'll never give up. Others, well, it can continue to be hidden away or you can repurpose it and bring it back to life with the help of William Thomas Custom Jewelry. The master designers at William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create that one-of-a-kind piece that's redesigned, updated, and uniquely you. Something you'll definitely want to show off the minute you put it on. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler move into the cold winter months, you may notice drafts around your windows and doors. Now is the time to let Prairie Exteriors give you a full, free inspection and show you what new windows and doors can do for the health of your family and your home. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com Love the look by creating your floors with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. When someone breaks important safety rules and drives negligently, a crash is often the result. If you're caught in a crash because another driver broke the rules, it can feel unfair, and for good reason. It's not fair when you're injured through no fault of your own. It's not fair when your life is now very different. We can help. At Clifford and Rihala, after decades of helping people injured because someone else broke the rules, we know what you're going through and we're ready to stand by you. Here you'll find caring, compassionate attorneys committed to helping you recover everything you've lost. If you've been in a crash, call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation on your injury claim. We'll fight to make things right so that now you're treated fairly. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Rock bottom price is gonna roll them out the door. You gotta go to Goldman, you get more. Goldman cars, rock and roll. Goldman cars, you gotta go to Goldman. What a great deal! Find it here. We're your discount dealer. Goldman cars is having a huge winter sale with the largest selection of vehicles under $15,995 or $249 per month. That's right, don't miss out on our winter sale with the best selection of SUVs, cars, or vans under $15,995 or $249 per month. 
we have one of the largest selections of inventory in Dane County with over 500 vehicles in stock. Gobin Cars has been family owned and operated for over 50 years. So just come on in and ask for me, Crystal the Pistol Gobin. East side, west side, used cars, used trucks. Discount deals, find them here. Gobin Cars, you gotta go to Gobin. GobinCars.com If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Dave Gary with the Princeton Clubs. Since 1987, my team and I have had a couple of goals. Make it really simple for everyone to get started with fitness and keep our world-class facilities available at affordable rates. Well, we've done just that. And over 35 years, I've learned one really important thing. It all starts with you. If you'll decide now is the time to get in shape, we'll help you get there. I promise. At the Princeton Clubs, there's no joining fee. We keep our clubs open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and include free childcare. Our world-class facilities offer almost everything possible and are meticulously cleaned and maintained. We provide an amazing environment to help motivate you, and more importantly, it allows you to feel comfortable while you're improving your health. Now, more than ever, taking care of our bodies, both physically and mentally, it's so important. Come see why we've been voted Madison's best and favorite health club year after year, the Princeton Club, for a better tomorrow. To activate a free trial pass, go to PrincetonClub.net. Baseball. Why do they hate, why does baseball hate the fans? Why do hey, they, they hate had us? A, they had a meeting. It was pre-scheduled. Everyone talked about how they were having a meeting yesterday, and hopefully there would be some ground made up. Well, hang on, let me ask you, how long, so the, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association had their meeting. Uh, it was announced a couple of days ago. It was going to be on Thursday. We're going to get stuff done. We're going to have baseball back. Rowdy, how long did the meeting last? Well, first off, I think it's Rob Manfred and a lot of other people are still confident that the season starts on time. And they were talking about this meeting. And then the meeting lasts 15 minutes yesterday. 15 minutes. What's the point minutes? of even getting together? It's to tell each other to F off. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you actually even have a shot at getting done in 15 minutes? Well, Nothing. Think, think about a normal meeting, okay? Think about a meeting. Like, I'm sure everyone listening has been to some form of a, of a meeting. You come into the meeting. And things don't start happening right away, right? You, you sit down, you get comfortable, you do a little small, oh, hey, hey, Steve, how's the wife? How's the kids? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've just been working, nothing crazy. You know, little this, little that. <laughs> like, you got you to gotta settle in, right? Nothing just immediately starts happening in the meeting. So there's about like five minutes of just dicking around and exchange of pleasantries. And then there's the end. Too. There's like the awkward goodbye, unless like you really blow up in the meeting. Uh, if you're a, a true Midwesterner, you, you slap your knees and go, oh, well, yeah, I suppose. And then you kind of just go on your merry way. I bet you actual conversation was probably, I'll give them tops 10 minutes of actual conversational baseball. They, wh- why do they hate us? Why do they hate the fans? I don't get it, dude. Okay. 15 minutes. So they had the meeting, and, and one of, we talked about some of those big, like their one through tens on what both sides wanted. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they don't ever really want to discuss kind of like those top four. Well, supposedly at this meeting, it really centered around like the uh, arbitration again and the 
what in MLB is called super twos, yeah. which is like your well, it's your service time and how you get paid, like arbitration. Well, the so biggest dumb. thing that they've talked about in the past, and it's been brought up, it's when these guys that are obviously major league ready get kept in the minor leagues, like your Ryan Bronze, like your Bryce Harpers, like your Chris Bryant. They, they were all kept in the minor leagues like a month too long yeah. because it was to save that year. Well, the Players Association basically almost wanted like that uh, percentage flipped because the number, number of arbitration years determined on your service time and where you rate versus other people in your class. But normally arbitration is between three and four years. Well, if they're a really good player, like the bronze, the uh, Bryants and the Harpers, you hold them back that extra month, you get that extra year. Yep. So yeah, it's obviously it's cheating them. It's cheating the fans. It's kind of cheating the system. So I get it. Well, why do you hate us? The player association, because normally 22% of players, uh, 22% of players don't end up getting that fourth year. Sure. They want to flip that to 80. Really? So so then obviously major league baseball is like, absolutely not. We're not, we're we're not flipping percentages here. And then major league baseball player association came back with, okay, well then if we're going to do more arbitration years, because you don't want to change it. How about the arbitration pool gets bigger as in, you know, for example, Josh Hader's making $8 million a year, roughly from arbitration this year. If he's on the open market, he's making 20 plus. Oh yeah. Big money. So they want a bigger, yeah, they want a bigger market in arbitration. Therefore those Josh haters of the world could take their eight millions and maybe get up to like 15 million. You know, you see what get it. Yeah, I get it. So they have a bigger pool for these guys to make more money. And then major league baseball goes, no, go, go after yourself. <laughs> yeah. So there's literally been hardly any progress. It feels like being made now. I think they just sit down and look at each other in the eyes and like try to think of as many obscenities as they can in different ways to just throw at them. Yeah. In, in major league baseball, no, they set a date, man. This was a while ago for like when it had to be figured out so that the season would start on time. February 28th. And it was 10 days from now. Yep. 10 days. 10. So check this out, Rowdy. I'm reading here, Major League Baseball and the Players Association intend to hold multiple bargaining sessions perhaps every day as early as Monday. (laughs) Got to take the weekend. Listen, I know the start of the season is in jeopardy, but here's the thing. I got a tea time on Saturday. Sunday, I'm doing brunch with the parents, okay? Like, I got things I got to do. So maybe we'll start on Monday. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, and I'll tell you what, freezing rain could be the name of the game today for a lot of Wisconsin. If you're going to be true doing any traveling, you're going to have to kind of monitor road conditions. Our expected highs today right around 32 degrees. The catch is the precipitation that's coming in. Will it be snow? Will it be rain? Will it be a mix? So uh, changing conditions as the day unfolds. I'm Pam Yankee. On this, the President's Day, Monday, February 21st, on this day, back in 1972, President Richard Nixon made a historic visit to China. It was the first visit of U.S. president in China and an incredibly important step in normalizing relations between the two countries. I don't know if they're normalized today, but it kind of all started back on this day in 1972. On this day in 1958, the peace symbol is designed. Now, for some of you, 
thinking about the peace symbol, you might not even know what it is, but it was commissioned by the Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament, and it combines the semaphore symbols for the letters N and D, which is nuclear disarmament. Now you know how the peace symbol came to be back on this day in 1958. The world's first telephone book was issued in New Haven, Connecticut on this day in 1878. 50 different numbers, and it was a single piece of cardboard back on this day in 1878. So now you know that. What about birthdays for today? Happy birthday to uh, uh, Cheers and... uh, Actor on the radio, Kelsey Grammer, 66 years old. Jennifer Love Hewitt, she is 42 years young on this day. And now you know. Well, as I mentioned, you know, we've got crazy weather that's happening out there today. And by the time that we get towards later this week, our temperatures are going to bounce up yet again from 50 degrees yesterday down into the 30s today. It's really tough for our Wisconsin maple syrup producers to try to manage their season around this. Our own Stephanie Hoff caught up with a few to talk just a little bit about the Wisconsin maple syrup season and how it's faring so far. The back and forth weather forecasts in Wisconsin have our maple syrup producers juggling the dates to start the tapping season. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Teresa Baroon is on the line from her sugar bush in De Pere. She's also the executive director of the Wisconsin Maple Syrup Producers Association. Teresa, you had planned to tap this weekend, but you have pushed that off. Most people were going to start tapping this weekend. Um, A lot of people on tubing have already started tapping on your bigger operations, but your smaller operations, you know, that are on a pail system, many have not started tapping. The weather here this next weekend was supposed to be ideal, you know, down in the Madison, Deep Pier, Green Bay area. Um, And now it looks like we are going to have a cold spell that is going to hit. Cold is better than warm when it comes to maple production because it it gets too warm and that isn't good either. So it's just going to prolong the season a little bit for the start of the season. Why don't you explain to people why weather is such a determining factor for sugaring? So one of the big things with um, maple sap production, it needs to be freezing at night and above freezing during the day. Um, It really is kind of like the roots warm up and during the day with that above freezing and lets out the pressure and the sap flows down the tree so that it is really on the fact of being above freezing during the day to make that sap production run. What is that usual time frame where producers will start tapping? Usually down in the southern part of the state, they usually start tapping the second or third week of February. Up in the northern part, usually it's your first or second week in March. And again, it all depends on your system. With your tubing systems, people and bigger producers seem to tap earlier because they have more taps to get in. And how long does that season usually last? So an average maple season here in the state of Wisconsin usually lasts about 26 days. Last year, the season lasted um, about 25 days. And in 2012, the season lasted for some producers three days. That was one of the worst seasons on record. Um, last year, our season began around February 20th, and it, um, you know, on an average, lasts until the 31st of March. It's such a tight window, depending on the year, to really get that maple syrup. And if the stocks run low, you know, there's nothing you can do about it until the following year. Are you guys expecting good yields this year? Well, we're hoping for good yields. Um, the demand for maple syrup, since it's such a 
um, natural product with many nutrients has gone up over the last few years. So um, we're hoping for a good year. Teresa Baroon says, like everything else, the price for maple syrup will probably go up, and this is due to increased costs of packaging, like glass bottles and plastic jugs. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to DeKalb, constantly innovating products and technology to maximize crop protection, production, and yields. And from Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, on Facebook and Twitter. I know you're probably not thrilled with Wisconsin's weather today, but boy, take a look at the weather that farmers in Brazil and Argentina are facing. Mac Marshall is the vice president of market intelligence for the United Soybean Board, and he said the latest World Ag Supply Demand Report shows some notable reductions in the South American soybean crop, and that actually represents potential demand for U.S. soybeans. We saw for the second consecutive month pretty notable cuts across Brazil, Argentina, and Paraguay. Now you total it up across those three countries, it's a reduction of over 18 million tons relative to December, going from 203.5 to about 185. You saw Brazil's export forecast taken down by 3.5 million tons. It was at 94 million tons last month, now down to 90.5. And then on the U.S. side, as we have that decline in South American production, that of course means lower crush in Argentina. And some of that is offset by higher crush in the U.S. Mac Marshall, he is the vice president of market intelligence for the United Soybean Board. He said right now there's a great pricing environment for soybeans. He said you just have to make sure you're taking advantage of it while you can. And he said they've seen purchases from unknown destinations and China totaling up 1.9 million ton. So going forward, demand looks good through 2022. But like he said, you got to be savvy and get uh, some price protection in place. On Friday in Chicago, December new crop corn was up a penny and a quarter at 597 and three quarters. November new crop beans up three, closed at 1463 and three quarters. The d- July new crop wheat up a half at eight dollars and three quarter cents. No change on barrel or black cheese prices or double A butter on Friday. March milk was up six at 22.41 a hundredweight. Coming your way next, we said it's National FFA Week, and we're celebrating it in Wisconsin. Special campaign being undertaken by the Sauk Prairie. FFA that you might want to learn more about. Stick around. Aaron's got the details coming your way. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. What if you didn't care about being on the fast track? Instead of flying to the big interview, what if you flew somewhere else altogether, like a village in Botswana or a tiny island in the Pacific where needs are easy to see? What if you decided to share your skills with others and help someone else get ahead? Peace Corps, life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. 
Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Here we use a lot of F words. Food, fiber, and farming. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And this week you are going to hear FFA is another one of the F words that we use. As we wrap her up on a President's Day Monday, we want to focus in on a special campaign that's happening with the Sauk Prairie FFA, but resonates with FFA members and supporters across the state. Aaron Zimmerman's got the story. Well, the Sauk Prairie FFA alumni is working to add to the Sauk Prairie Agricultural Education Department a state-of-the-art addition, a horticultural learning center in memory of the late Jeff Hicken. And I'm here today talking with B.J. Chrysler. He's a Sauk Prairie alumni. Now, B.J., tell me a little bit first about kind of the plans for the horticultural learning center and where the idea came from. Yeah, thanks for having me today, Aaron. You know, when we started looking at needing to grow or to build a new space, Mr. Jeff Hicken came to mind quite a bit. Uh, our current greenhouse was actually designed for and fundraised for by Jeff Hicken while he was the agriculture education instructor at Sauk Prairie. Uh, he actually never got to teach in that space because he went on to become a state FA advisor uh, and worked for the Department of Public Instruction. And so what he, when he came to Sauk Prairie, what he realized was that the modern agricultural classroom was one that was ever-changing and evolving and needed to be a space where everyone had a place to learn. And so that's why we switched from our small little hoop house that we had out in our courtyard at the school to instead a much larger space uh, that's currently there. And this new space will basically build upon that and replace that current facility uh, with some key things. The biggest thing is that it'll have more space for students with disabilities. It'll be fully ADA compliant uh, and also just more general instruction space as well as great technology, too. And Mr. Hicken obviously was a big influence on Wisconsin FFA, Wisconsin Agricultural Education. You know, for people who don't know him as well, maybe give a little, you know, background on him, kind of that influence that he had and really, you know, that motivation that he had in the classroom to help students learn. Yeah, you know, really, Jeff Hicken was one that realized there was a place or a role in agriculture for every student. And he learned very quickly when he came to South Prairie that having generic courses like just basic agriculture one, agriculture two, or dairy science, farm management might not necessarily include everyone. And so he was quick to bring in new programs like greenhouse management, uh, like aquaculture and hydroponics, and different ways to help really have a space for everyone in the agriculture classroom. One of his biggest things, too, was, of course, just letting students have a really active role in the FFA program. And so us as students were able to actually manage uh, the greenhouse and manage different operations uh, of our agriculture program, which helped give us a lot of great skills for future career opportunities as well. I mean, I think about some of the life lessons we learned with 
running the greenhouse and having plants die or, or poinsettias that didn't change colors. Uh, we learned quickly uh, to adapt and pivot uh, because of things like that. Definitely. Always, you know, great hands-on learning within agriculture education to give students real-life experience. This is going to be a great way to do that. But obviously, you have to, you know, figure out how to get that all done. And so you guys are looking for some support to raise some money to actually make this dream become reality. Let's talk a little bit about that, some of the events that you have coming up, or I guess, too, some of the ways that people can contribute to this project. Yeah, really, um, it's kind of my humble appeal that if people have the ability to join our events or actually donate, um, I'd be obviously eternally grateful. This space is not one that we're looking to see as a memorial necessarily to Jeff Thicken, but rather a way to celebrate the legacy of uh, providing a space where everyone can learn. And so some of the options that we have, um, all the information can be found on our website, www.sockprairieffa.com slash donate. Uh, on there, it'll walk through two of the events that we have coming up in April. On April 22nd, we'll be doing a designer bag bingo. Um, that is going to be an event, kind of a fun night, bingo, wine, get together with a group of friends, uh, purchase a VIP table for $250. Otherwise, it's $35 per person. We'll be playing 15 rounds of bingo. Uh, each bingo, the prize, instead of being cash, uh, is a designer handbag. And so that's kind of a fun one uh, for us to utilize at Alumni Park. And then the next day on Saturday, we will have the dueling pianos. And again, this event will be welcome to everyone. We'll have the VIP tables as well, a table of eight for $250. Otherwise, individual uh, tickets for $35. Both events will be at our Sock Prairie FFA Alumni and Supporters Park uh, in Prairie de Sac underneath the water tower. Uh, you know, some people might be a little bit nervous. End of April might be a little bit chilly, but we have a pavilion, tents, and we'll have um, some patio heaters. Um, and so we'd love to, you know, fill those events and have a great uh, showing of support there as well. And in addition to that, anyone who is willing to just donate, um, we, of course, would appreciate that as well. There's a donation form on that website as well as an ability to just donate online through the website too. Definitely. Sounds like some really fun activities that you guys have coming up, you know, and a good a good way to fundraise. Now, let's talk, I guess, a little bit for those that are, you know, maybe interested in donating, don't really know exactly, you know, let's talk about the importance of expanding or adding this to the Sauk Prairie Agricultural Education Program to continue to, you touched a little bit on some of those, you know, real-life experiences students have, but let's talk a little bit about why that's so important to include that into their education and just continue to expand on what's already there. Yeah, I think when we look at the, the ever-changing world, um, agriculture is included in that. This is an industry that is very vast and dynamic, but it is ever-changing. And so it's important for us um, in the agricultural industry to realize that it really starts, of course, back at the school districts uh, with our education programs and finding ways uh, to find a place for everyone. FFA as an organization has been very dedicated to FFA for all. In the same way, Sauk Prairie Education Program is looking at ways not only to include everyone, but also find a great pathway for all students uh, to find really their dream career. And we realize that the education program looks different for everyone. Um, that might be a you know, four-year post-secondary education after school. It might be a tech program, an apprenticeship. And these are all things that we can really spearhead at the high school level through programs like a greenhouse or horticultural learning center to get people, students specifically, interested in that 
and also provide a place for the community to gather as well. Now, let's dig into just a little bit more to the details of the actual center. You know, so if people are, you know, in, interested in what's actually going to be going on in the Horticultural Learning Center, let's talk about some of the goals you have as far as things to add, things to give those opportunities to students that really, you know, those financial donations or participation in FBA alumni events can help the fund. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Aaron. You know, one of the biggest things, or our number one highlight for this space is simply more space for instruction. Um, it's, a, it's a larger uh, horticultural learning center, a larger greenhouse, which is great. Another big change that might sound minor, but this will have an entire full concrete floor. Uh, our current one has gravel underneath the growing tables or benches. The reason that's important is because now we can change the layout of the greenhouse with the seasons, and we can actually start utilizing mobile planting beds where students will be able to grow green vegetables throughout the cold months and provide farm and table meals through our school district. Um, we've seen great innovations like this happen in other agriculture programs throughout the state, and we're really excited to be able to start that as well. The other really neat thing is we're going to have fully customizable LED lighting, which of course is energy efficient, but the other thing that's neat about it is it helps provide um, an ability for students to learn about how different color variations or hues of light actually can change the growing of plants as well. And so from the classroom, uh, Mr. Telford students will be able to adjust the actual lighting uh, scheme, and then they'll be able to monitor the plant growth, uh, obviously, in the greenhouse itself. And then the other major thing, too, is just providing things like a reverse osmosis watering system, so that way we're able to filter out a lot of that particulate uh, that can, of course, hurt a little bit of uh, growth on certain plants and things like that. Sounds like some really cool innovations that students can get to be a part of. Well, anything else that you'd like to add about, you know, the future of the Jeff Hicken Horticultural Learning Center or things that you've got going on as far as fundraising? Yeah, really the biggest thing is just, uh, again, to to thank everyone for taking the time to to learn about the program, to hear about the program, to consider coming to an event. Um, and the biggest thing is just to create some excitement. Uh, Mr. Hicken provided so much excitement in the lives of students through as many years as both a high school teacher and then as a state FA advisor. And I just couldn't think of a, a better way to celebrate um, a life well lived than through a facility like this where we can continue to celebrate the, the fact that education is always happening and is really what helps us keep continuing to grow the egg community and industry. For sure. Again, that's BJ Chrysler. He's an alumni member with the Sock Prairie FFA alumni, talking a little bit about the future Jeff Hicken Horticultural Learning Center, a state-of-the-art addition to the Sock Prairie Agricultural Education and FFA program to continue to give students more opportunities. Again, if you're looking for any information on the events that they have going up or ways to donate to the